0: Fusion Patrol is a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can help support us at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Each week we look at a different science fiction TV episode or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm Simon. And tonight we're looking at the Doctor Who episode Praxius by Pete McTie and Chris Episode Synopsis. It's a tale of three threads. In one thread, UK astronaut Adam Lang is lost on re-entry, only for his estranged husband Jake, an ex-copper, to receive a text message from him asking for help. The message originates from Hong Kong, where he meets Yaz and Graham, who are investigating strange energy readings. They find Lang strapped into an alien machine and rescue him from the hazmats who have imprisoned him. There's the thread of two travel vloggers, Gabriella and Jamila, visiting Peru, who discover not only a lot of garbage, but birds that attack. When Jamila goes missing, Ryan turns up investigating the mystery of the birds. They discover Jamila dead, sort of, in a nearby inexplicably deserted hospital. She is soon covered with a strange alien skin condition and explodes into a pile of dust. And finally, it's the threat of a missing U.S. submarine and the lone sailor the doctor rescues. After he washes up on the shore of Madagascar, near a research facility looking into cleaning the oceans of microplastics. And when I say rescues, I mean drags ashore only to watch him get covered in a strange alien skin condition and explode. Also, the research facility is being watched by flocks of non-native birds. In each of the first two threads, the doctor turns up to retrieve the team members and takes them all minus Yaz and Gabriella back to the research facility in Madagascar, where, with the help of scientist Suki, she tries to piece together the clues to the mystery. Yaz and Gabriella stayed behind in Hong Kong to investigate the alien lab, and later impulsively travel through a teleport where they find the missing U.S. submarine. A dissection of one of the dead birds reveals that it is stuffed full of plastic. And at this moment, the 2 by 4 swings forth from the television set, smacking the viewer up the backside of the head with today's moralizing. Humans are poisoning the planet with all their plastics. These plastics break down into microplastics and are ingested into everything, even humans. An alien bacteria that eats plastic has come to Earth, but instead of contenting itself on eating all of the plastic all over the place, even in the planes that fly in the sky, they instead concentrate on eating the plastic in birds and in humans. This has the unfortunate side effect of making birds die and fall from the sky, but making humans explode. The doctor and Suki, along with some helpful Earth-based enzymes, seem to be on the verge of a breakthrough. Gosh, it's quite the convenient coincidence that Suki has a well-equipped lab working on microplastic-related research. That is, until Yaz reports in from the bottom of the Indian Ocean. Readings on the alien doohickey thingy pinpoint a point right there in Madagascar. And the gig is up. Suki is an alien working to save her people from the nasty alien plastic-eating bacteria named Praxius. Now, just to be clear, the bacteria is named Praxius. Suki is still named Suki. It was Suki who brought Praxius to Earth because humans are a special kind of destructive monster. It took her people scouring three galaxies to find a planet as screwed up as this is. Suki disappears, but not before giving her thanks to the doctor and a warning. Praxius is a smart bacteria, and it's coming for her. And indeed, the Praxius infected birds do a poor man's hitchcock on the gang, attacking everyone, yet not managing a single scratch. Back to the TARDIS, where she tests the experimental antidote on Adam. If it doesn't kill him, she'll have found the cure. They pop to the bottom of the ocean to retrieve Yaz and Gabriella. They also find Suki, who dies Not entirely a praxis, but rather the combination of the doctor's experimental cure, which Suki tried on herself, praxis, and her alien biology. It makes things worse, and she explodes. Too bad she already transmitted the cure back to her people. I hope they don't try it. Adam recovers, and with a clinical trial sample size of two... With one fatality, the doctor rushes to use Suki's spaceship to disperse the cure into the Earth's atmosphere. Suki's ship has a malfunction and Jake has to fly it into space because being a spaceman is easy. And he disperses the kill or cure into the atmosphere, spreading it to the entire planet. And as the ship explodes, the doctor rescues Jake. The end. Now I just want to ask a quick opening question. <clears throat> Do they have two by fours in the UK? Do I
1: have to explain what that you is? Mean, you mean like we're talking timber here? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes.
0: Oh, okay. So yes, two by four, in case that's not common, because I know it's imperial measurement, sort of. I mean, a two by four is really one and three quarters by three and a half because of Plain. capitalism. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, two by four. Okay. Yeah. A, a nice a nice board that you could whack somebody with. Okay. just Just checking to make sure that that reference was not what do you think of you think of Praxis. well
1: I wish this one had been about the talking cat in Ontario,
0: <laughs> and I wish they'd never mentioned the talking cat in ontario but I, I see your i'm point. Still,
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm still holding i'm still holding out my hopes that next week's going to be about the talking cat in Ontario who's going to say, "Can you hear me <laughs> but
0: um I hold I, my th- breath. no
1: maybe maybe uh, i I don't know I mean. <sighs> When I started watching this for the first time...
0: <laughs> okay, I know where we're going. Go ahead. Sorry. I,
1: I was quite enjoying the fact that it has possibly the most X-Files vibe of any Doctor Who episode to date. And at that point, it hadn't quite... I I mean, it, ha- it definitely falls apart towards the end. And on the re-watching, you can see... You can see all of the sort of plot holes as they as they emerge, but you don't necessarily realise at that point that they are going to be quite so disconnected and contradictory. So I c I kind of I kind of quite like the atmosphere of that. I thought it was I thought it was badly directed again, and yes, it turns out it's the same director as Spyfall Part One. But this time I really don't think there's any getting away from the fact that the 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 plot itself, both both on a kind of you you know you you look at something from ten foot away and you kind of go you know is the the rough outline there is that roughly the right shape it doesn't really make any sense I mean what is this episode about and then Uh, when you look at it close up in detail no it definitely doesn't make any sense you're stealing my thunder.
0: You're stealing my thunder here. That's my whole central premise of this is that and I will say when I was watching the beginning of this episode and again, the directing didn't bother me. Um, but as we were in fact, in some places I, I thought they were doing a, a fairly decent job as you go through the episode and you're building the mystery and you've got the three threads and you don't know what's going on. I was genuinely for the first time, I think all year, enjoying an episode of doctor who wholeheartedly going i i'm quite i like i built an atmosphere here i'm kind of mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: i i don't have a clue where this mystery is going i'm i want to know where this mystery is going uh the whole and and i'll tell you actually i i kind of i kind of lied at what point that i got hit upside the head when they zonked the shot and showed the the camera fly up through the huge patch of garbage in the Indian Ocean gyre, I go, I can't repeat the exact words that I said to my family, but I said, oh, blank, blank, blank. It's the blanking, blank, blank, fake, blanking, blank, Indian garbage patch gyre. And then then it all started to fall apart in my head. And I'll just clarify, I'm not claiming that the garbage patch in the Indian gyre is fake but it don't look anything like that and that irritates it, me but anyway we can come terribly, back to that terribly
1: later. badly realized i mean what they yes, showed on screen was. didn't look like anything
0: yeah it looked like it looked like garbage going down a drain or something but it, yeah it was i, uh, I don't yeah.
1: know i I don't know what it was supposed to be but I, equally I, I i don't know why they bothered what uh, she just explained uh, what it was we didn't we didn't have to see it if they weren't capable of realizing it. I mean, obviously in an ideal world, yes, we'd we'd get a, a decent rendition of it. But if you, but if you showed it, a picture bother. of what
0: it actually looked like, nobody would be impressed
1: because sure. it doesn't
0: look like that. It looks like it, not much. In fact, try finding good pictures of it on the internet. I, I, I dare you because I spent some time trying, but again I'll come back to it but yes this not only did the story fall apart at that point because I got whacked upside the head and I was now annoyed literally irritated and annoyed that they had done this again but as you say when you watch this through the second time it's a complete shambles none of the things they do fit with with what the ultimate resolution or what the ultimate problem is or, and I've got a list a mile long here of questions that I can just ramble through and go, why is it this? Why is that? Why is the hospital deserted? Why is the this today? We just, none of it makes any sense. And it, you know, and this, this comes back to, I, I know I've said it before. I'll say it again. You know, it doesn't matter to me how a writer gets to the conclusion of a story. I E do they, do they just sort of read through it in their mind as they're writing it? And they come to the conclusion or do they come to a conclusion and then work their way backwards or whatever? I don't, I don't care how they do it. But when I know the conclusion to a story and I watch it again, everything going up to that should work. It should make sense in context of what happened and... They can write the greatest dialogue or the most emotional scenes ever, but it, none of that works for me if when the the story just, it's like it doesn't fit the pieces. They, they've got to go back and read it a second time. And it fe- it's exactly what it feels like. It feels like they finished writing it, put the dot on it, transmitted it off the chibnall and said, I'm done. I'm not even going to read it because it's amazing. And... <laughs> Well,
1: except Ch- Chibnall's co-writer on this, I you, say, you that. say that as if writing dialogue and emotional scenes isn't part of the story, but the story is the dialogue and the scenes. Plot then, the the yeah plot plot is something else, and 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 to me, well no dialogue by it, itself
0: is not a story. A story must have plot. I I. I You know, if you're just going to write dialogue, go write speeches or something.
1: I'm not sure. Well, it must have plot, but the plot can be incredibly minimal. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to concede a point here that it must have plot and it doesn't necessarily have to have dialogue, but usually a story has both. And my overall point here is that there isn't any great dialogue and emotional scenes in this. No, there isn't any of that either. (laughs)
0: no there's there's some there I, there's some genuine like ooh this is kind of uh I'm not tense isn't quite the right word but i at least oh, there's, had a, a there, sense no, I of go- sus- tension or something going into something at, it, it's, yeah,
1: atm- no. it's atmosphere that you you mentioned and it is and it is the the atmosphere that made me think about the x-files when they're when they're sort of playing their torches over the interior of that hong kong warehouse or or when they're all stranded in that base on madagascar it, you know there are yeah direct links going off in my head oh yeah this is you know this is it 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 does ha- it does have an, a nice atmosphere to it but the x-files wasn't flawless no particularly recently but nevertheless i don't think they would have they you know there might there might be There might be key details. There might be even some fundamental things within the plot where you go, well, that the science of that is just wrong. But overall, the story has a trajectory to it. Whereas I don't even know what the trajectory of this story is, what I kind of mean about the overall shape, because it's like (sighs) the plastic thing seems to have been almost bolted on. It's, It's as if... In order to give this story depth, we have to say something powerful and relevant. Oh, let's, you know, let's make this a story about another story about how humans are polluting the planet. Now, I'm not saying we shouldn't have another story about that. We can't really have enough stories about that until we bloody well stop doing it. But that just bolting that on doesn't automatically add depth to the story. And in particular, the moral doesn't tie in with what we get in this story because it's 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 half about the plastic pollution, but it's the plastic pollution in itself within this story isn't actually a problem it's only a problem when the alien pathogen gets introduced and then starts somehow controlling the plastic, and at some points in the story appears to be acting as a sentient entity which is. You know, potentially interesting, except oh no, this isn't actually about. Uh, yeah, except the doctor just wipes it out. So
0: yeah,
1: but yeah, and 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 wipes it out. Um, it it and it, and because it's alien, it's nothing to do with that. I think you probably deliberately made an allusion to Doomwatch in your in your. I, did. Uh, I picked it up because I was thinking I <laughs> the same thing. But the point about the Doomwatch story, which actually was a much more coherent story, was that the. Plastic eating bacteria in that was introduced by humans it wasn't it wasn't that um trying to solve our plastics problem it, though <laughs> it wasn't yeah it wasn't that we had it wasn't that we had this this benign plastic pollution that was suddenly weaponized against us by some pesky aliens. It was that we had this terrible problem with the plastic pollution that was so terrible it drove us to create another problem which then was the subject of that storyline without wishing to go into any spoilers there is nothing there there is nothing that consistent in this
0: correct i mean it would be a big enough problem if indeed the alien bacteria was just eating all our plastic (laughs) yes (laughs) we would be you know up a creek without a paddle (laughs) if that happened so we
1: and then there's then there's then there's all of the kind of the biology that is associated with that so (sighs) like 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 you say it's it's only affecting the plastic inside things which suggests to me that it's targeting the plastic it's going for which is why i wonder and and when the birds attack it's as if they are behaving as a single entity which is i wonder why why that is unless there is some sort of sentience to it and there is a reference that i picked up the yeah. second time when i was going what what what's that when the the submariner on the beach says it was already oh, yeah. inside the sub. Yes. And I don't even know what it was because Absolutely. I think
0: it's because I think it, it's because on my it, list. It,
1: yeah. It's not. And how, and what, what was, what was it in the sea that the plastic was that fish, you know, is it, is it the same thing again? Is it plastic inside biological entities because it wants to control or possess the biological entities for some reason, whatever that is. And explanation would be nice, but you know, at least confirmation would be a start. And then, the biology of the bird, the, the, the bird's enzyme seems to be fighting back against the, the oh god. The fighting back <laughs> against the pathogen in the plastic and that allows them to uh with a little bit of uh techno babble come up with some sort of um some sort of vaccine or whatever the hell it is that they then decide To use on Adam, where the doctor says we can't possibly use it on Adam because it's too dangerous, (laughs) even though Adam is dying and there's absolutely no hope of him living if they don't try it on him. And then they find one of Suki's crewmates who is infected with the praxeus and has it all over his face, like we've seen with the other bodies, but the doctor says, Ah, they have a different biology. That's why they haven't exploded. And yep. then she says to Suki, "I hope you didn't try this vaccine on yourself because it's been designed for humans, despite the fact it was designed for birds, and they've only just tried it on a human, and then Suki explodes, even though the doctor says that they don't explode because they have a different biology
0: uh-huh yeah it, it makes it it makes no sense." <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm going to do something different in this podcast because I have another one that I I have a deeper discussion that I want to talk about. Uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to real quick list my, my list of questions. I'm not expecting any answers for them, but if any of them interest you, we'll, we'll cycle back to them. But this is just, as I'm watching it the second time, I'm just writing stuff down and I have switched their order a little bit in, in a logical order, but okay. So here they are. I'll tell you when the list is done. How long have the aliens been working on Earth? How long has that submarine been missing? Uh, It seemed very embedded in that Praxeus world. And... It doesn't seem like the sailor could have gotten out of the bottom of the Indian Ocean and made it to Madagascar in exactly the same place as the lab. Why are the aliens where they are? Why is Peru in this equation at all? It's nowhere near the Indian Ocean, gyre. Why did the aliens need to snatch an astronaut when there are millions of humans available in Hong Kong? How did Adam get a cell phone and contact Jake? How? Who knows phone numbers by memory anymore? Is Aramu an alien? Why is the Hong Kong lab filled with alien tech, but not Suki's lab? Why is the virus attacking birds and humans, but the results of the virus is dissimilar in them? Why is that hospital deserted? Why were the birds traveling to non-native areas? Those weren't seabirds, were they? So were they eating plastics? How are they able to crew the spaceship? How is Yaz able to understand alien scanning doohickey? Is there something wrong with Yaz's sea attitude about discovering alien colony? Why did Praxius, a bacteria, build an undersea atmosphere bubble for the aliens? Are humans really the worst thing in three galaxies? is there is the comment well, three idiots roading uh, roaming it's snappy and accurate a really appropriate line for these people to say at the end and just no. ask is the tardis a cure-all uh this time it generates the antibacterial i wish they'd been able to do that in the silurians okay so <laughs> that and, wasn't and, a question and, and i know it wasn't because i think i was running out of questions at the end and i wrote that note in the wrong spot but yes um, <laughs> it just kept, it just kept rattling and some of them might be interesting, but here's my, here's my, here's what I really want to talk about. It's so different. We can come back. Like I say, we've got some others there. We can come back to those and look at, them. um, this episode and indeed this entire series, it, it, it hit me today. Well, not today, but when I was watching it, it hit me when I was watching it that the question, the, the thing that's bugging me is that the whole series raises the question of evil. And so, for listeners who may not be familiar, the the question of evil is a philosophical argument concerning the existence or non-existence of God. And it goes, and I'm summarizing, if God is omniscient, omnipotent, and omnibenevolent, then how can evil exist? And you can go into the whole theodicies of free will, or uh, I forget what some of the others are, but there are mental gymnastics that people perform to try to get around that three-point problem. Now, the doctor is not a god. He's not God. But if you take humans and you take God and you put the doctor on the scale of omniscient, it's far greater than humans. The doctor is far more closer to omnipotent than are human and certainly far more towards omnibenevolent the doctor omni-benevolent. omnibenevolent yes she's not omnibenevolent but she is benevolent she's more benevolent than humans the others don't work she's more potent than humans okay she's more yeah seant, well i yes, think being, yeah,
1: right. being omnipotent being a bit omnipotent it's a bit like being a bit yeah pregnant, right I think.
0: but on the scale between us and omnipotent it's further on the scale she knows the more doctor, she's got more power power and she's nicer and she's she's more proactive and Probably. the doctor has always been the moral guidepost in this show russell t davis famously said that the doctor is you know basically the, the the morality that comes into the story and sets things in action um and she's always been kind of the poster child for getting out and doing things which is, of course, the problem with evil is that if God can, is all those things, it shouldn't allow evil or it should solve evil or it should whatever. But, and the doctor is always doing that. Wherever the doctor goes, the doctor lands, the doctor, Jodie Whittaker's doctor says, I'm the doctor sorting out fair play around the universe. I think that's almost her first line after she identifies herself as the doctor. She's out there. She's fixing things up. If all of these episodes, week after week, are going to be telling us of how screwed up we are, why isn't the Doctor doing anything about it? They walk away from these episodes. Oh, you're destroying your planet. Bye-bye. Oh, you're messing (laughs) up. You're polluting things. Bye-bye. Like, And why aren't uh, Graham, Ryan, and Yaz going, hey, Doctor, what can we do about these things? And maybe do something. Because certainly the Doctor is not a non-interventionist. right? So... Because well, they have decided to take this tack of moralizing at us, and then the Doctor is curiously not taking any action. So, the Doctor is losing her moral authority here, in my opinion. It 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 doesn't jive. It doesn't fit with who the Doctor is. I get why she's opposed to all these things, but she is not doing anything about them.
1: I think the answer is usually the web of time it's a more difficult one in this case i think i think the problem of evil in doctor who arises with the sort of let's kill hitler type things mm-hmm. a- a- any that. kind of any kind of historical where there are e- evils evils that take take place particularly evils that le- then lay down the foundations for massive social change um and you know you could argue till the cows come home about the consequences i think that's a much more difficult that's a much more difficult explanation for why the doctor wouldn't do something to stop a race destroying the planet it lives on because if it were another planet she probably would i think my feeling is that although i think i'm i'm not paying as much i'm not giving as much weight to the the utterances about setting setting things right around the the universe or whatever because i don't like it i i don't think the doctor has a perfect moral compass the there are there are much more interesting stories told when you actually think the doctor the doctor makes mistakes or acts in a way that is quite I don't want to say selfish, but is partisan, because it really is impossible to be completely impartial. And then as soon as you have partiality, you can explore both sides. And that includes exploring the side the doctor is not on. And to me, that's interesting storytelling. It's also much more interesting, i.e. because the jeopardy is greater, if you don't present the doctor as being massively, massively omnipotent. The Doctor is already very, very smart and has a, a machine that can travel through time and space, which would give her a lot of power if she were willing to use it in certain ways. But this idea that she could somehow save the human race from itself, you'll say that the show has set, has set up the premise that she can do that, and maybe it has, but I just don't like it. So I prefer to ignore it
0: uh, well, and I think that's I think that's a fundamental structural flaw. I mean that's the flaw with with uh, the, the, the pro the question of evil is that people tend to self-justify it by ignoring some part of it so that it fits with the the, the their idea oh, the problem and, and, and I, I don't very, disagree very, we, we no, are no, absolutely ignoring very, it
1: no no it's not a question of ignoring it you can you can solve the problem of evil and you can solve it very simply in an entirely consistent and rational way yes you can but <laughs>
0: yeah, but we're not you know what you, it is convert, and that's we're not here to convert people saying. to atheism
1: <laughs> the doctor is not a god and when the show makes her a god it creates the problem i grant you but I I prefer when it doesn't and so I so that's when I start ignoring evidence I'm look there, there is plenty of evidence that she is flawed and that she is not as powerful as she thinks and I'm clinging onto that and I'm ignoring the rest of it. I
0: yeah and I'm not saying that I'm I'm recommending that that she should go solve the problems on the planet. I just think that because it's what the showrunner has decided to emphasize these problems in a, uh, to, to the audience, then they're beginning to ignore the fact that they've got a, let's call godlike creature. I mean, River Song literally called the doctor that,
1: um, at one point. Man. Um, they could do and from, something about it, yeah. And, and from most people's perspective, she would she would appear like a god purely, you know, if you take the one fact that she can apparate from thin air. Yeah. But I, I I think the problem, the the scope of the problem is fairly narrow. It's not that we have episodes that highlight the ecological dangers that we are putting the planet in. It's that we have the doctor giving speeches about it. And yeah, and she's making a big point of it too. That's right. We, we, we touched on it in, or, in Orphan 55, where it was particularly clunky because it came at the end and served no plot point. But most of that speech that she gives in the lab in Madagascar, you could cut. Because when I watched it the second time, I, I, I can't remember the, what the lines were, but she's explaining... She's explaining why it's a problem that we've all got microplastics in our body. So she says, you know, she gives the facts. We, we all have microplastics in the body. And I was thinking, well, that's true. So why did I find this speech jarring so much? And, that, and the reason was I'd forgotten that she then goes on to pontificate for two minutes about what a bloody mess everyone's made of it, mm-hmm. um, which is it could have been cut from the episode. It wouldn't have made the episode any less impactful and it would have improved the pacing especially when they're supposed to be in an urgent situation when m- moralizing a great deal about the kind of generalized problems is probably not going to help especially to people who are going to agree with her anyway i mean the people in Absolutely. the room as well as the people like you and me yeah it's just the yeah yeah they,
0: they need to st- I hate to say it. If you want to tell a story about something and you want to moralize a story about it, you've got to you've got to lay it in integrally and let the audience come to that conclusion. Not, but, the, but the, the, have the, the characters the pl- stand up and tell you.
1: Yeah, well, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And and to 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 labour the point we're making earlier, the plastic eaters does that. This story doesn't do that because it doesn't tell a story where the actual. Peril is the plastic itself. It's this alien pathology uh, pathogen. Pathogen and the aliens are therefore the problem, not the plastic. Mm.
0: Mhm. It's well, but remember this is by the guy who wrote Kerblam, the story we thought was going to be an amazing indictment against <clears throat> Amazon and in the end turned out to be
1: a warning against Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> So, and he's just expanded from bubble wrap to plastic more generally.
0: Yes, that bubble wrap is part of the... Ooh, this guy's got a problem with plastic. <laughs> it's like he's got a thing on for plastic here. He I And yet he hasn't written an Auton story. But he mentioned them. Well, yes. I'm thinking Chibnall probably did that. But
1: that felt I mean, like If a it Chibnall had been ad. an Auton story, it would have been better because you could at least have understood Auton's ooh. controlling <laughs> birds.
0: <laughs> How, how would you like this one? <laughs> this is how the Autons came to be.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: An intelligent yeah. creature formed up out of bacteria and plastic. Yeah, yeah. could have been their origin story.
1: Yeah, could could be something there. I don't know. There the, the there were there were things in this story that could have been a good story if if they had been paired up with other things that made sense and were consistent
0: question on the morality of the thing do you think the doctor and the gang leave earth and try to save suki's people i don't get the sense that they do no i don't either but we know suki said she transmitted the the uh cure quote unquote cure to her people and and then she blows up because (laughs) it turns out it's a death sentence
1: um but yeah but i but i've got a much i've got a much more immediate moral problem that is similar okay it's probably not on the same scale but because of its immediacy it's much more striking within the story and that is you mention quite rightly i had the same question that we don't know whether aramu is one of suki's people is is he yeah. also an alien but if we don't know the doctor and the fam don't know either when aramu gets pecked to death by the birds and then the birds start attacking the lab, no one even mentions him, let alone goes, where's Aramu? Or is he all right? Or I hope he's (laughs) all right. Or, oh my God, Aramu's being killed. It's just literally, they appear to have completely forgotten about him. So the idea they might forget about the rest of that race of whatever they were is not especially surprising.
0: Well, and there were a few moments there awkward. That's, that, I consider that an awkward moment. Another one that I thought was when they were out looking at the birds swarming and dangerous there on the beach, and Graham comes out, hey, this is, you know, he's the old geezer in here is gonna die if you don't do something quick. We need your help quick. Or, are you just gonna stand around looking at those birds swirling around menacingly and dangerously worrying us? And, and he's completely ignoring the fact that he must know the birds are a threat. Yeah. and And he's trying to impose his priorities over of and i mentioned that because that scene is the immediate scene where armu says i'll stay out here i'll stay out and I'll then stay, that's I'll really stay, yeah. the last thing that we care about him when we see yeah, him running you
1: might, might as well be putting a red shirt on at that point
0: yeah and i also think you know the birds did a number on him but when they burst into the lab one scratch and you're infected nobody
1: nobody gets i don't think
0: swinging a bat or a piece of wood at a bunch of birds is going to stop them from pecking you or scratching you. No. It, it just, especially bacterially plastic-controlled zombie birds. No, so but that
1: that that was terrible direction. But also, I'll agree
0: that in effects, it, yeah.
1: It, it, if I may pick up on a very similar piece of appalling direction, these these guys in their hazmat suits or whatever they, the hell they are with their alien guns are absolutely abysmal shots. Yes, they are. They're just firing all over the shop and not hitting anyone at all. And then D.I. Willis picks one up, probably not firearms trained given he's British anyway, but whatever, he's not gonna have used an alien gun before. And suddenly he's a crack shot and he nails one in the head from the other side of the building. I mean, what? Yeah,
0: well, that that
1: was definitely a
0: stormtrooper. Stormtrooper moment notoriously worst shots in the in a galaxy far far away I mean that
1: but that could have been directed differently so that yeah they they got closer and he got lucky or you know I or our I heroes
0: did something clever to avoid being shot
1: yes yes
0: but but they they did not um so are we getting clues here to our question of byfall that Yaz is a plant or an undercover agent because she was I'm, acting really weird in this episode
1: i well i i i don't know i don't know i mean there have we we i don't think it is that i don't think it is that i don't buy your theory from Spyfall, and i think there is another reason for this in this episode which is that they are they're they're trying to they're trying to develop yaz by showing her sort of standing up to the Doctor and trying to explore in her own right. But it it ties in with the general problem in this series, that none of the Companions are getting any development. And even though I liked Tesla and I liked the way that the Companions were written in that, someone's actually done an episode, uh, uh, an edit of that episode, where they have taken out every line of dialogue for all of the companions and it doesn't run much shorter and it's very hard to notice where the cuts are oh i can yeah
0: i so to to your comment in another podcast and i can't remember which one it was but you know the doctor has a time machine it's a time machine and so yes it's like no i'm not going with you i gotta go back in that room and i've gotta i've gotta pull that thing out and the doctor's like we're in a hurry we gotta go wait it's quick it's fast It's going. to like all right well i'll come back for you in an hour how right how does that jive with the fact that you've
1: got a time machine well i assume does- that's because yaz needs an hour to do whatever she's going to do
0: well they could have just hopped in the tardis pushed the button forward one hour and gone blip and then been right back for it. but they didn't bother to do
1: that that would have that would have been much better. Yes, um, I agree.
0: Why were they in a hurry? They've got a time machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, okay, in okay hurry maybe to get, Adams get life.
1: into the time machine. But yeah, when they got into it, they should have they should have zipped forward an hour in time. I mean, again, I think I think the fact that the Doctor is so good at piloting the TARDIS is causing a lot of problems. And problems. I don't just yep. mean with why she didn't save Adric in Earthshock. I just I just mean. If you if you're all over use, the place, yeah. Well yeah, well, yeah, because suddenly she can save someone from an exploding spaceship. Her precision is that that good. The 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 TARDIS the TARDIS is an excellent story device. I mean, it's just absolutely brilliant if you use it as a way of arriving in any place in space and time at the beginning of a story, and then leaving and going somewhere else afterwards and as we've discussed you don't even need to be able to pilot it accurately or whatever if you don't take care of it during the story that you don't have access to it and both this one and spyfall have this problem because they're using it as a kind of essentially as a terrestrial teleport a, a space yep. hopping device it but or in it Tesla can do so much more than that, and there is, and as soon as they have access to it, you must ask the question: why aren't why aren't they doing more with that? It needs to be taken out of the story. If you're going to have something like that, and as I say, it is brilliant, it needs to be taken out of the story during the story.
0: mm Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yes. Just plunking around on alien equipment understands it reads it makes perfect yeah, sense i, of I it. mean I,
1: I i guess that meant that's that's more of the fitting with your theory thing i yeah i can't i can't really explain that but um,
0: there is the they, scene at the end where they all seem to be able to understand how to even though they're trying yes. to make a joke about they don't understand what they're doing they clearly do understand what they're doing because of the and way they're, they're speaking their dialogue i've inverted yes. the uh, polarity on the uh uh, nuclear pile inverters. It's like or even, how about even, uh, I, I push that button, Doctor?
1: Yeah. Yes. Even even Graham's um faux pas is apparently him misspeaking rather than him getting something wrong and quickly correcting it. I I agree. I worry about Graham. He, he seems to get his directions sense. wrong a lot nowadays. It but it's because he's been turned into the comic relief. Yeah. Rather, rather than having his own personality like he did in series thirty seven mm. mm-hmm. i got another i got another another um piece of poor direction a couple of pieces of poor direction that I want to pick on just to just to finish making my case on this the scene in the bar the first time that we see Jake realize God. Adam is missing it 's not clear to me whether that certainly from the first watching i think on the second watching it was the first time he realizes adam is missing it's the first time we see any connection between he and him and adam mm-hmm. but his reaction is very strange it's not it's not yeah it's not it's not as if 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 you suddenly turned on the telly and saw that your life partner was crashing into the indian ocean or was lost after re-entry or whatever you would have a very instant and sudden reaction to it and it's and it's not he's just like turn the sound up mate it's not quite clear i mean he's looking upset sure but it's it could be because this is someone he knew at school kind of thing or also because he just got kicked
0: out of a job and he's drowning his sorrows too it's why he looks
1: upset i mean yeah yeah yeah. and then and and then at that very moment that he discovers adam is missing he gets a text from uh adam which is kind of a weird coincidence, he gets a text from a Hong Kong phone number that is not in his address book. yes, I because presumably you don't get to take a mobile into space
0: right and uh and I asked that in one of my quick questions, like does anybody know anybody's phone number now? Yeah, do they? I mean, do you think he would be able to a how the heck did he get a mobile phone if he's been captured by aliens and strapped into a machine? and
1: well that's a valid question
0: and and then you know in that condition he remembers jake's phone number complete with international dial codes and he I, I can sends him a text can you
1: all right yep all right 044
0: well i guess you would know your own international dial code okay that's fine yeah
1: and i and i know phone numbers for close friends and family i i think very so if few any of them are listening do don't test me on that <laughs> Yeah, I, some I think a of you, lot of, some of fewer you guys. It's, don't. it's not personal.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I find that, you know, even I know my wife's. So I have no clue what my kids' phone numbers are. I just sure. don't because. Sure. Yeah, you know, yeah,
1: that's what I mean. You might you might know some of them because some people change their number more often or whatever, or you ring some numbers more often. Doesn't mean you don't speak to the person. Maybe you just WhatsApp them instead. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. And, and since it's in your address book, it, it, through lack, just from lack of doing it. Yeah. You know, call my dad. Okay. So um, I, I thought that was strange. And then the fact, you know, the fact that it comes from somebody who doesn't know or a contact he doesn't know. And, you know, he says, help me. Who is this, Adam? Um, You would never in a million years get any um emotional connection between those two people. And so when they get to the point Halfway through the episode, and they're dragging them around. How do you two guys know each other? We're married, really.
1: <laughs> but that, but that's be- really. That's, it doesn't that's because play The bar at all. scene is so badly directed. All of it it's, up to that point is so badly it's, directed or, it's or also, conveyed. Well, yes, but I'm just I'm picking on the examples. I will also because it's it, this is my final example of when they when they say we're married or they say we're separated and they say it at the same time you can't hear what either of them are saying. I know I had to use the subtitles. I mean, it's ridiculous because, first of all, they should show us how they're related. So we, as I've just been complaining, we should already know at that point. But then when we get this crucial revelation, it's impossible to make it out. Mm, So mm -hmm. you're still essentially in the dark. You're you're you can make a an, an intelligent guess at that point. It's it's what I guessed, but it seemed so contrary to what had gone before, that I was still questioning myself rather than confirming it. I mean
0: The closest I would have put is that they might have been brothers from the way we saw the scene, mm-hmm. but more likely just it's his friend.
1: That's at, what at, I thought at most. That's what I thought. Yeah.
0: So it, it. yeah it's it's all the characterization is not fantastic I, I i was vaguely amused by uh gabriella's you must have seen us throughout the course of the oh.
1: episode but um i found that st- very strange the idea the idea that she would expect to be recognized because she did a vlog
0: oh i agree that it's strange i, mean, I just think you, it's amusing that she's I, so egotistical to... that she thinks that
1: well, it that would be like me going certainly. to somebody I'm, and saying, "You must have heard a Fusion Patrol." <laughs> like, well, I was just going to say, I'm gonna, "You don't recognize my voice, Fusion Patrol." You must listen.
0: <laughs> okay, to be fair, I was once recognized in a restaurant from the old uh, pre-podcast Fusion Patrol TV show. Ooh, that that well did done. happen to me once, and that was
1: so. After that, did freaky. you did did you go around to everyone saying? You must recognize me. Recognize me?
0: No, <laughs> no, no. But uh, it was it was it was a weird. I was experience, once but... recognized
1: in a pub for being on a quiz show the night before, but I hadn't been on the quiz show. Oh, well that <laughs> did you win? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I didn't
0: even watch it. Was it a good quiz show? I mean, was it like Mastermind or or uh, Eggheads or? Uh... no it's the connect the dots what's the victoria corin one
1: it was that one yeah victoria corin was the presenter that was the one i wasn't on connections i Uh, mean i wasn't on the other ones as well but
0: oh well darn (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's weird yeah but yeah i thought i thought it was funny that that somebody's uh, they were just trying to portray her as having such an inflated sense of ego and who knows maybe she gets 50 billion views on you know she's Cutie Pie or Cutie Kai or whatever some of those big name YouTubers are. But even if you're in but,
1: Game of Thrones, you wouldn't go around saying, What do you mean you don't recognise me? What's wrong with you people? Because there well, are actually, believe it or not, people who haven't seen I mean, whatever whatever T V show, whatever it is, there are still some people who haven't seen it.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I absolutely uh, agree. I just think that it does kind of fit with a certain you know there's a, sort of like the big bang theory tv show where some people love it and go mm-hmm. yeah i recognize those people as nerds i know and other people think the show is a horrible stereotypical presentation of them um i fall somewhere in between on that but the from the milieu of people i have known and met and i can kind of see how certain stereotype vlogger would think that they are much more popular than they are and i and and that was what was amusing me about that it was like this is this is the the type personality it takes to get out there and do that to start with then also might lead you to uh self-aggrandize your your impact um but uh, yeah, that that one was just one one piece that popped up. Let's see. Uh, were there any of the 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 questions that you recall that I hit through that were uh, worth talking about? I think the one that bugged me the most is why was the hospital deserted?
1: Yeah, I I have no idea. I have no idea. You know, great I mean,
0: tense scene, but you know if yeah if no, I like I liked it
1: when I thought we were getting an explanation.
0: Jamila, you know, if she's patient number one and she infected everybody else, why is her
1: body still there? (laughs)
0: Theirs theirs are all gone. I mean, that was...
1: It would make more sense if everyone had run away in fear, but we don't get any sense.
0: We did see the bird. So maybe maybe birds flew in and everybody ran away from the hospital and then nobody came back.
1: (laughs) It would... Yeah. It would be nice to
0: know. So that was the... and, And, you know, it's unclear why the alien labs are where they are um i don't know if they actually went to madagascar and hong kong i doubt that was really hong kong no
1: they went to south africa again oh they used south
0: africa okay the
1: the the hong kong set looked remarkably like i i need to re-watch it to check if it actually is the same street but the the shots they the establishing shots they used in the gathering, episode nine of Torchwood Miracle Day in Shanghai, because it's almost certainly a street in Cardiff, right? <laughs> and
0: well, okay, yeah, yeah, I suppose.
1: I, 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 I mean, I suppose a fair amount of Miracle Day was shot in LA, so it could be out there. But I, I, I bet it's the same street in Cardiff.
0: I actually thought it was possibly an indoor set. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. It wasn't convincing enough to me the way it was shot that it was. That I would have said they wasted their time to go out on location for that those two or three what? shots, yeah
1: <clears throat> but but it was it yeah. wasn't it wasn't location in Hong Kong, it's probably location in grangetown or something
0: um I'll say this uh, my comments earlier about the gyre the gyres are real, obviously the garbage patch is a is a real thing um the the Indian Ocean Gyre takes about six years and swirling around from Australia to, to Madagascar and probably South Africa, which, you know, probably they could have uh, just said we were in South Africa instead of going to Madagascar. <laughs> but, okay. Um, and, yes, stuff that has been thrown in the ocean does tend to work its way towards the, the center of the gyre. But if you were... Floating through it, it, is, it, isn't, it isn't what they're portraying it to be in this. Yes, it's, it's trash suspended in the water column. So that means it's not just floating on the surface. It goes down. And I really did try to find some pictures of it. And the best I could find were really close-up shots where you might get a little bit of garbage together so that you could. But it's really dispersed they They estimate there are only ten thousand particles of microplastic per square kilometer of water in in that garbage patch because it's all breaking down and it's into, into smaller bits. Yes, you might see some garbage on the surface, but it's just not a, it's just not the thick layer that the environmentalists would really like you to think it is. And I'm not saying we shouldn't do something about it that's totally but you know if it were a big patch of garbage, you could trawl it up. Right? You could just you could net that stuff and make a difference, but it isn't it isn't what it's like and um in a way, it's a disservice to continue to perpetrate that myth. It's kind of like when people used to think the Sargasso Sea was just this solid mat of of seaweed, which incidentally is an Atlantic ocean gyre, brings all that stuff into into that kind of location. It is. It just isn't like that. I mean, it's a lot of water out there, and uh, it doesn't. It doesn't do any science literacy very good either for putting these things the way that they did in uh, the situation. Also, I, I do want to mention the whole thing about they had to go through three galaxies to find a planet like Earth that was polluted in this way. That's a lot
1: of space. To traverse, sure, but we I mean, don't know. Uh, I mean, how how populated is space in the Doctor Who universe? Who else Who else shares the three galaxies? Well, our galaxy and populated. the two nearest.
0: It, it, it feels mighty. It feels mighty populated throughout the galaxy. And I admit, you what, know, in the go, future, go, go, Earth has expanded got, out across the the, the galaxy. Ice warriors,
1: so, and uh, that's just in
0: our solar system. That's two planets in one solar system. There's 100 billion okay, solar are, systems who else, in our who galaxy. Else,
1: who, else, who else have we got who is in our galaxy?
0: The doctor has referred to ones in in our galaxy, but a lot of it is in the future of Earth. I will admit that. But the point is, is that not only are galaxies really, really big for Suki's people to traverse, but the space between the galaxies is really, really, really bigger. And Tsuki's technology didn't seem to be on par with that task. That looked like, you know, kind of a little bit of a rockety thing with some organic fuel cells, which was enormously convenient that organic fuel cells can handle anything. But, you know, considering what we've seen of other planets, they all seem to be just as bad as Earth, right? I mean, I mean they're all analogs for Earth, so therefore they're all uh, just. It, it it once again it, it it portrays you know, you know it take it really takes humans to screw stuff up. Uh, all those other, I mean, sure, other galaxies or other planets they created Daleks or Cybermen. Cybermen, there's another one in our galaxy. Um, but you know, to to pollute your planet with plastic. Takes the takes humans. <sighs> could, yeah. <clears throat>
1: anyway, I certainly, I certainly can't think of anything that serves as disproof of that. Well, <laughs> the Doctor. A really counter example. No, no. I well, mean, I can I can I can't think. I can't think of anyone of, of any of the planets that we've seen that are in that are in the neighbouring galaxies and are worse than Earth and are at this time, which incidentally is a year in the future or later. I don't know, don't, don't know if um, this adds to the unit dating controversy.
0: Are, are you saying that because uh, you think that the writer was smart enough to know that the decade doesn't start until 2021? Or I think the do doctor think, is
1: smart enough to know that. Yeah,
0: but the doctor the do- the said do- the line, doctor's and the writer gave that voiceover. line. Hmm? Oh, yeah, but yeah, the but- writer gave the line to the doctor, and if the writer doesn't know the difference between the start and the end of a decade, which most people don't, I totally believe that could be twenty twenty because the writer just didn't know any better.
1: But nevertheless, what the writer said, or the the line the doctor the line the writer gave the doctor to say was that this is twenty twenty one or later. Said All in the third decade of
0: the early twentieth century, the twenty-first century,
1: which is to say, it's twenty twenty-one or later. So that is what she says within the episode. But so we'll see, my we'll point what being what that is that to. the
0: writer may be an idiot. <laughs> it's like that my point. The writer may have thought that was a fancy way to say twenty twenty. I,
1: I understand that, but understand. that's not yeah. that's not the line that he gave the Doctor. He didn't. He didn't say twenty twenty. He said twenty twenty-one. He may have thought it's he was saying 20. Third decade of <laughs> it's like he did not... But yeah,
0: um, yeah, and of course it might not be. It could be. Uh, it could be 2024 because it was the first half of it. So it could be the future. Yes.
1: yes. Well, it's uh, um, it is the
0: years. Which is why Let, let's 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 ask that question considering that the last few years of Doctor Who and I think maybe even during Chibnall's era, but I can't put my finger on it just quite yet, even in Spyfall, that they have been making the dates of the modern-day episodes pretty much on target with the actual air date of Doctor Who. Think of Amy's wedding and... Yes, yes. All that stuff. They they have been tying it pretty darn close to today. Until and now. Then for, until now. And then they sort of do this poetic... Which she repeats reversed at the end.
1: Yes. I thought it was just because the X-Files always does the kind of cheesy voiceover. And so they were trying to. Oh, she's doing her Fox X-Files Mulder. Way. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. All yeah. right. Re- reading the report that she's typing at the end or whatever.
0: I had not put that. I had not put that two and two together. But I, yeah, it is sort of. I just, but what is the significance of, and I'm pretty sure I, I'm not going to watch it. And I watched this three times. Um, I'm pretty sure that she says in the first one, we're all connected from the depths of the ocean to the tip of the stratosphere. And at the end, she says the same thing, except we're all connected from the tips of the stratosphere to the depths of the ocean. And, and is, is that because the virus is at the bottom of the ocean and it reaches up and grabs the astronaut? Somebody reaches up and grabs, I don't know who reaches up, the the ship's
1: end. Ship's engines, engines
0: somehow screw up the astronaut and they happen to use him as a lab still doesn't make sense but it's going the the virus is at the depths of the earth uh of the ocean and it's reaching up into the atmosphere because it's getting the birds and everything and at the end they've put the antivirus in the atmosphere and it will eventually reach the depths of the ocean is, is that why that reversal no idea it just seemed like an odd well Amongst many other odd things in the course of this episode, I don't I don't know that I have anything else to say that it just raised too many questions. And just it's like it, it fell apart so badly on second viewing. It just really uh, pains me because I really, really was enjoying it at the beginning. I was I was really sitting there going, I am finally actually enjoying an episode of Doctor Who uh, this year. Really genuinely enjoying it. Not just like, yeah, all right, I'm amused. But actually like, finally, finally,
1: Wapped me. Do you have anything else? I want to mention that Warren Brown, who plays Jake in this episode, is a regular in Unit alongside um, Osgood and uh, Kate Stewart in the Big Finish audio range, which is rather good. Um and Does also Does he play a in, dim soldier? Uh he pla he certainly plays an action hero. He's okay. he's the kind of globe trotting lieutenant who um yeah I get I guess I guess Petronella supplies the smarts to the outfit. So yes he is a soldier and he's okay. he's not the brains of the organisation. Um he's also he's also uh the same character in the surprisingly good Lady Christina uh, series so since he since he is a, a regular ongoing character I thought that was uh that was worth mentioning I've also got something else which is not connected with this episode but which um is is from Aid Rixon on Twitter who picked up that when we were talking about Fugitive of the Jadoon Mm-hmm. One thing we didn't mention is that Lee and Ruth are living as husband and wife.
0: I I thought of that after the podcast. Like is he taking advantage
1: of her? There is a massive issue of consent there. Yeah. And it I I think it's hugely worse because of the fact that he he knows that she isn't in her own mind, as it were. Um, so, I mean, if you if you if you compare it to the Doctor and Joan Redfern for a start, I don't think that they were. <clears throat> well, you
0: don't but compare also, it to
1: Joan Redfern. You compare it to Martha, who was yes <laughs> pining Martha, away Martha, for the Martha. Doctor. No, but what I'm saying is 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 um, whilst whilst Comedian arched, the Doctor was carrying on a romantic liaison in each of them but yes martha was the protector so you're <laughs> you're quite right to say the the difference here is lee is in the position of being the protector he's the one who should be stopping that sort of thing from happening
0: he is and, a caregiver in a way so he is he, i wouldn't say it's a parental role exactly but i mean it's it's you know it but is, is it's, that, it's very it's very hard it to imagine of that's authority. not
1: happening and and and, as aide rightly says, we don't know whether that is whether that is intentionally written because we don't know whether we'll ever find anything more out about Lee and who he is and what his motivation is, so the jury will have to remain out. My question that came
0: up <coughs> that after the podcast was you know were we supposed to believe that this was the relationship that existed between the doctor and whatever Lee's original name was before they went into the chameleon arch, or did he then use her wiped memory to, uh, go after her and, and fulfill his, um, unsated desires. Uh, well,
1: I think, I think I don't, I don't think either of them resolve the question of consent, but and would he even like her. The-
0: She's not the doctor this this is This is a completely different person. I mean that that's one of the things I'm not sure it's him I'm concerned about. One of the things that I am not on board with the Dr Ruth personality and and you know I was rather harsh, and I'll maintain it is that there is not enough of it there to know what the heck Dr. Ruth is like. but the human character loved her. she was great, <laughs> nothing like Ruth. Uh, Dr. Ruth, or didn't appear to be anything at all like Dr.
1: Which Ruth. was very different. Uh,
0: you know, I would. So, you know, would he in fact fall in love with that woman, the the human version? And uh, you know that. So, what what is Lee's mindset going on there? In that he's like, oh gosh, she got transformed into the woman I fell in love with. Uh, yeah, it's probably, yeah, it's definitely problematic at at many levels, many levels. Well, we're done with this episode. We're done with the last episode too. Again. Again. <laughs> Simon, thank you for joining me.
1: It's a pleasure as always. <laughs> and listeners,
0: I hope you'll join us all again next time. Fusion Patrol. You've been listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Find out how you can be a sponsor and get early access to all episodes and more at Patreon.com/FusionPatrol. Come join the conversation on Facebook or Twitter. All episodes are available at FusionPatrol.com. Our music is "Fight the Future" by Amber Wolf.
1: This has been a Lone Locust production.